0: You're listening to Radio MD. She's a chiropractic physician, lecturer, author, entrepreneur, and talk show host. She's Dr. Suzanne Bennett. It's time now for Wellness for Life Radio. Here's Dr.
1: Suzanne. The pandemic outbreak of the coronavirus and the increased level of the disease COVID-19 is very stressful for people. Fear and anxiety about a disease can cause strong emotions and psychological stress in adults and children. So seeking a psychologist may be a good place to start, but talk therapy may not be enough to stop the overwhelming feelings. Our next guest believes that stress and trauma doesn't just reside in your mind. It actually locks itself in other parts of your body, and that means somatically. Eileen Smith is the author of the newly published book, Moving Beyond Trauma, where she introduces you to somatic experiencing, a body-based therapy capable of healing the damage done to your nervous system by trauma. So great to have you here on Wellness for Life, Eileen. Thank you. Well, thank you for having me. Absolutely. I'd really love to know a lot more about your professional background and the work that you do as a somatic experiencing practitioner.
0: Well, thank you for asking. Um, I went back to school in my early 40s, and I knew that I wanted to work with trauma. Um, What I didn't know was that um, my internship when I was finishing up school would lead me to somatic experiencing. I had been in talk therapy myself for many, many years And while I felt like I had um, really understood so many of my issues and that I was managing my behaviors better, I actually still felt like this underlying um, discomfort and agitation in my own system. And so when I was introduced to the, the somatic work, I really felt like it was their missing link. And so I I began um, the uh, extensive training um, with the Trauma Healing Institute to get my certification in somatic experiencing. And as a a student of the work, I also became a patient. I really believe that as a therapist, that you can only take your clients as far as you're willing to go yourself. And so I I dove pretty deep into um, this work, and I found that another somatic experience experiencing practitioner that really um, really worked well with me and I started noticing that the shifts in my nervous system were were just phenomenal and just organically things were beginning to change for me and um, the more I worked somatically with my clients um, I, I was just amazed at the results I was seeing um, and that was kind of you know the beginning and the journey um, with this work can
1: you share? Um, if you don't mind, what was the trauma that you were trying to release or um, move through? Well, I think like many,
0: um, many of us that have had um, dysfunctional child childhoods. Um, for myself, you know, I had I grew up in a very chaotic house um, where the only way people communicated was with, through yelling. And I, you know, and that in itself had um, really jacked up my nervous system. Um, I had some early developmental trauma, um, which was which developmental trauma is is pre verbal. And so I had two eye surgeries, one at a year and a half and three years old. So that contributed to my trauma. And then just the, um, you know, the instability in my house. And so and then fast forward, um, by the time I got to college, I had a full blown eating disorder, um, and a lot of anxiety. And, you know, I started therapy in my twenties and I was still in my late thirties, early forties in therapy, you know, just trying to still manage eating disorder behaviors and over-exercising, And, um, you know that was kind of and 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 things had gotten better for me. I mean, to, through all the insight and through all the talking, yes, I began to manage things better. But that underlying discomfort and anxiety had never
1: really gone away. Mm. So through somatic experiencing and uh, your studies in it, what areas of the body? Because uh, I I do understand somatic obviously it means about your body. Um, were there specific areas of the body? And, and is it for, is everyone, obviously, we all experience trauma differently. So my trauma, the experience that I have might be more in my gut, but yours might be in your spine, Uh, you know, so, so how did, were you able to process, see that this was the area, this is the area that we've got to work on, the physicality area I'm talking about, so that we can release that trauma?
0: You know, it's an interesting question because Um, At different times, different things for me were needed to get released. Like I had, you know, I started getting a lot of um, back pains in my early 20s. And I started, um, you know, I can, I can move through. And so that might have that was like one piece. And I think there's always so much emotion with the physical, you know, with, with the back pain and muscle tension. But then I also wound up with gut issues and just a lot of general inflammation in my body. And as, um, as I started healing, you know, a lot, a lot of the physical pain in my body went away. And um, just, you know, and, but at different times, it showed up in different ways in, in, in throughout my life. So it was, I wouldn't say it was like I started therapy and said, okay, I have to resolve the pain in my back or I have to resolve the gut pain. It just was an overall sense of not feeling well in general,
1: Mm. emotionally
0: and physically. And I, and,
1: and, you know, the emotional stuff shows up differently for everyone. Right, right. In your book, Moving Beyond Trauma, you do describe how, how it's really, um, about trauma, whether it's emotional, mental, psychological, it really has an effect on our nervous system. Uh, and is that the area that we really got to uh, help heal is, is the nervous system?
0: Yes, and at the, at, you know, when, it all, when it comes down to it, it's the nervous system that we're really working with to regulate because once the nervous system is regulated, every other part of our body will start regulating right? Cause everything, I mean, all of our organs, um, and our physicalness is all tied to that and our emotions, right? And because if you think about it, every emotion has a sensation. And so everything really does tie back to the nervous system. And right. And our goal, if you think about it, our goal is really to have a regulated nervous system, right? If our, if our parasympathetic and our, and our, um, sympathetic nervous systems are functioning in a harmonious state, we tend to be able to regulate all of our other systems. Mm-hmm. And, and because the autonomic nervous system, you know, is where our fight, flight or freeze mechanisms get are, are held. And so our fight, flight and freeze mechanisms are really our trauma responses. So if we've had a history of trauma, you know, we t- our, our, our autonomic nervous system tends to be out of balance generally because those acute states of fight, flight, or freeze that are meant to help us defend ourselves get uh, gets, gets stuck in the on position. Mm. And so we're constantly living in this you know either fight or flight, hypervigilant sort of state, sensing danger when danger is not present – or that's, if those systems didn't work and we wind up shutting everything down and we go into a freeze, right? Because if fight or flight doesn't work, we're going to shut down to survive. Mm-hmm. And th- that's only meant for acute periods of time. And so that's the piece. That's what gets lodged in our body. It's that survival energy that doesn't get turned off.
1: Right, right. So... Uh, by, you know, Dr. Joe Dispens. I don't know if you've read any of his books and his, knows his work. He he talks about changing the neural pathways and that's what this sounds like. He does it through meditation. He does yes. it through, um, you know, different types of meditations, walking meditation um, with mantras and, you know, thoughts and visions. But in your case, you do it in a movement. I really love that idea because uh, when it comes to physical some people cannot sit still. And um, although I'm, I love meditation, I love being present and being in the moment, but I'm also someone that's very physical as well. So um, working on that physicality to me sounds like a great way of releasing trauma. And I, for me, uh, even just exercising, deep breathing, that's a physical act. And, um, you know, creating motion, getting body work. I mean, that's totally releasing of trauma too. I mean, I've, I've had cases where, um, I'm working with someone. Um, most of my patients now are on the phone, of course, but in the past I used to do a lot of, of somatic work, uh, as a chiropractor and they would, the the individual would just start crying right there on the table.
0: Yeah. Isn't it amazing?
1: It is because you're not sure what you've tapped into, but you know, you've tapped into something. And well, that they are experiencing something that really you're, that you've created a space for them to be able to share their pain.
0: Yeah. And, and I think that's the big piece is, is being able to create a safe space for someone to actually move through something that's sort of lodged in the tissues.
1: That's right. That's right. And, and, you know, people think trauma, the word trauma is a big word, meaning like you have to have some huge thing happen. But I disagree. I think it could be that you were um, ridiculed or uh, your teacher shamed you or just, you know, small things can make a huge impact on your physicality, don't you think? Oh, absolutely.
0: And, you know, if you think about the definition of trauma, you know, we think of it as an event, but it's really about the that anything that happens too much, too soon, too fast, without any way to defend yourself.
1: And mm-hmm. so that
0: can look different, right? For every single person. And so something, you know, bullying for one person might be a major trauma, where for another person that has resilience in that area, it may just, they may just brush it off. So everyone, everyone does experience it differently. And, um, you know, because we are each so individualized, um, what what gets lodged in the body and how it gets lodged
1: in there is going to be different. Mm. I was just thinking about an event that happened when I was four years old, which is so (sighs) odd for, you know, as we're talking often, um, when I interview people, I think about Uh, things that just kind of come to my mind. And it was when I was, I I started kindergarten at four, very young. And it was very strict. It was at a military school in uh, Seoul, Korea. So I was one of the few Korean, um, native Koreans in a a U.S. Army military school. So it wasn't even my first language. So I was super, super shy. And, but I was super athletic too. So I would run around and I, I, you know, I would be faster than any kid in the, on the, on the playground. But, um, uh, we had the whistle blow and we had to go get in line. And I remember so clearly at that moment when I was running to get to line that I had to actually go to the bathroom. I had to urinate. I had to pee so bad. Well, I jumped over a bush so that I can get in line and I sprained my right ankle. And when you were talking to me about in the physical connection, I totally, to this day, this right ankle is still the weak ankle. And, and, well, and of course, while I was standing in line, I'd pee so bad, they wouldn't um, let me go in, go in, uh, you know, to the bathroom ahead of time. And I ended up peeing in my pants. It was actually my dress. <laughs> Oh my and God. it was so shameful for me. I mean I, I've i never felt so much shame. I i I, mean, I I shouldn't say that. I just think that I felt a huge amount of shame. And I felt so, so bad. And um and my mother had to come and give me a new pair of undies and all that. And it was just horrible. But you know, I've I haven't I haven't literally thought about that that um that memory I don't know. My 56 years, I don't know how many, Yeah, you know, I, I just never think about that. But now that you, you've talked about it and how it's, you know, it's brought came brought up for me. So to me, you know, shame and being embarrassed is a huge factor. It is still to this day, you know. If I felt shame or, or any kind of, of um, embarrassment, oh my gosh, I, I, I would be, you know, I I don't want to put myself in that kind of position at all. At all,
0: right? So, isn't that interesting? Feel so vulnerable, and a place where you know there's still like some, probably some piece of of that experience that needs some biological completion, where you can actually go back into it and and move through how you would have if you could have done anything in that situation, how you would have felt a sense of mastery in it. Mm. Like, and that's how I would work. Like, let's say you and I were in a session. That's how and and this came up, we would work with it in that way. So like, we would basically walk through the experience. And I'll give you a space to basically um, to have a new experience with it. Like I might ask you something like if you could have done anything at that moment, what would you have done?
1: At that moment, I would have ran, ran in and gone to the bathroom, even though we were supposed to stand in line. So that would have been, you know, I would have uh, gone against what what was the norm, where everyone's got to wait and be, you know, do exactly what the teacher tells you to do. And I would have gone against it. And then that's what I would do. And, of course, what I would also do would be to um, give myself a break, saying, hey, you're only four years old here, you know, and, it, uh, you you know, it's, it's recently you've been potty trained, right? right so right. don't go, you know, and you're the youngest child I was the youngest and the smallest. Um, I went to school very early cause my birthday was in November. So I would, I would have said, Hey, give yourself a break, man. You know, it, you're very young and that happens. So no worries. But, but now that I think about it, my, you know, uh, growing up, Shame has been something that I definitely worked on. And uh, my way of, of helping myself was to do things that are proactive and brought me confidence and did things that even though I was not sure of, I'll do it anyway for the experience and gain, gain, um, power and energy from that and feel good about what I'm doing. So I'm, I think I've gotten over a lot of it. My ankle, I mean, you know, it's a sprain, it's, it's a ligament and it's a loose ankle, but it's not like it, it causes any problems. And for sure, I don't have any issues with my urination. <laughs> <laughs> so I do know that You know, uh, growing up, I've worked on it in my own way. But I totally see, though, how you are, your your work, how so important it is to really look at not just the trauma itself, but how it's linked to the physicality. In in your book, you actually lay out a program, you know, on how to process this in a very non-threatening way. Um, You mentioned it a little bit about how, you know, you would help me. What is it that your program is so different? Is it like a, a way of of looking at your trauma? You write about it. What do you have to do?
0: You know what, what's different about it is that you know is that we're I'm basically helping the reader be able to bring awareness and piece together how their nervous system's functioning, and and, and because we don't look at we you know we always we're always in the story. But we know that the real story is what's happening in the body. So what I have in the book is I've, I've um, developed with a researcher um, six assessments to help the reader map out how their nervous system is functioning. And what this does is it helps the reader begin to see themselves from a very different perspective. And it's more about looking at, at um, how your past is impacting your life today and and the idea is to really empower the reader to take charge of their healing. And so I I map out all of these assessments. So the reader can then start taking a look at, at these different elements of the nervous system. And then what I do is I give corresponding exercises and ways to work with the nervous system. So like there's, um, breath work in there, there's things like building sensory toolboxes, And different exercises to work with the physical boundaries of your body. Because when we work, when we can feel our physical boundaries, we can feel our emotional boundaries better.
1: Mm. I, I, with my patients, I always say that the body never lies. Body never lies. The physical body will tell you where the problems are. And so listening to your body, and that's what you're saying is that you listen and be more aware of, even if you're, let's say, feeling the energy of anger where is that anger coming from where does it feel right some people right. the anger is in their throat
0: right it can Others, show up could in different be, way, places right. for sure yeah.
1: right so um, can you share some of your examples of how you've helped your clients move move through the trauma or i should say oh, b- I beyond trauma
0: well, I, you know, there's like, I'm trying to figure out like, which example should I give, right? Because there's so many different ways and so many different experiences. But, you know, I've helped, I've helped patients with severe eating disorders move out of their behaviors. Um, I've worked with chronic pain, addiction. So it really, it's, it, it's really less about, it's, it's really less about the, 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 um, it's really less about the behaviors and it's really about if we can, if we can start settling down the nervous system, the behaviors tend to go away. And so that's really, that's really the big way that we that I'm working with clients is really through the nervous system.
1: Mm. So what you're saying is, for instance, let's go into eating disorders. I mean, those are, it's a very difficult, um, difficult condition, uh, whether you are anorexic or bulimic or, um, any kind of disorder when it comes to, uh, I suppose addictions as well. Uh, so by working on the nervous system, is it kind of, is it like you are reprogramming or resetting the nervous system through your program, yeah. through your steps?
0: Yeah. It's more like it's resetting the nervous system. It's, helping build new neural pathways, right? We know the brain is and is we have neuroplasticity, so we, we can change. So this is these are ways to facilitate change in your nervous system. And when you can facilitate that change, your system's not gonna need the maladaptive behaviors to mm. to cope with the intense emotional states that you're experiencing or the states of
1: not feeling and trying to find
0: some way to feel.
1: Because wow. that's what
0: happens when our nervous system's totally dysregulated.
1: It's so interesting of uh, the way you're saying that because uh, with my practice, I, I help people activate, activate their own acupuncture points. And that's how I do my treatment. Or we do uh, self-treatments. Um, and it's, uh, I, I have the patient proactively take care of their own body uh, while they're on the phone with me. And a, a, a patient comes to mind where she was feeling a great deal of anger, a great deal of anger. Right now, because of the, the corona, they're self-isolated. There's a big family they've got and a great deal of anger for one of the child. And um, she really, what happened was she has a condition called neurodermatitis and the anger was triggering her to have itching on her body. I mean, she had severe itching. Um, She's had it for over, I don't know, 13 years or something like that before she came to see me. Um, And anyway, and so we addressed the anger and treated her for her energy of the liver. Liver in Chinese medicine is what also the emotion is linked to, the anger. And I helped her with activating these specific energy points on her body physically that she stimulated. So she's using her body, her own body, stimulating her own pressure points and feeling those areas. And within 24 hours, all of that energy was dissipated. And so of course, her itching sense. stopped, right? Yes. And it makes
0: perfect sense because at the end of the day, what are you really doing? You're teaching her how to take charge of her body and be safe enough in there to tolerate what the experience is.
1: That's right. And she was able to talk about it with her her child, you know, wow. which was another powerful. very powerful um, because she felt calmer. And she understood um, what was going on. So instead of lashing out, she was able to share her feelings. And, and, um, and so then their relationship is getting stronger. Wow. Well, when you
0: know, as we know, when you can attend to yourself, you can be way more attuned to other people.
1: Mm, exactly. So now, I- with your book, you as a somatic, experiencing practitioner, You work with people on a physical manner. Is that correct? Like uh, right now, I don't know how much you're seeing people on a one-on-one basis, but is that the type of work you do is on a physical manner?
0: Are you asking me about like, I'm doing touch work. Some of it is touch work. And so, yeah. And some of it is through talk, but the talk is less about rehashing the story and it's more about using the story to help the person get connected with the physicality of what's happening in the body. Mm. Um, so, you know, like for example, let's say a client called me and said, I'm so anxious today. And, and, you know, they start ruminating and getting into the story. My job is to bring them more into connection with their body. So I might ask questions like, well, how would you know you're anxious? And so, right. Anxiety is not happening in the head. It's happening in the body. So we'll work with the anxiety moving through the body and and seeing if we can create space for the client to move through the anxiety rather than trying to
1: circumnavigate around it with the stories. I gotcha. Yes, take them out of their mind and put it in get them into their body. So then uh, the book, which is great, is that it's to you know if they don't have access to a somatic experiencing uh, experiencing practitioner as you are because you're in a specific location, you can do this on your own. And that's what's great is that you are putting the power into the hands of the reader.
0: Yes, absolutely. And, you know, I think it's also, I'd say the book is really an educational tool to give people a different perspective on trauma and hope that we can heal that they have the capacity to heal. Um, And, and here's the roadmap to do it. And here's, 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 how you're going to, we're going to get you there. Um, and then how, how we can really create a healing lifestyle. So all of that information is in there and it it is definitely a way if you don't have a somatic experience practitioner to get to that work.
1: I'm a big believer in talk therapy, as well as any therapy, any kind that works. I mean, you know, everyone is so unique. You got to use and try everything. Uh, where can we find more about you, Eileen? Um, so, social
0: media, my Instagram is Eileen Smith Trauma Healing. Eileen is I L E N um, E. Also, Facebook. Um, my website is EileenSmith.com. Um, and yeah, I think those those are probably the easiest ways to get to me.
1: That's great. The book is called Moving Beyond Trauma The Roadmap to Healing from Your Past and Living with Ease and Vitality. Such a great book. Thanks again, by the way, for a copy. I so appreciate it. I I can't wait to keep on digging deeper and and reading more about it. Uh, And I really appreciate you being on our show, Eileen. Thank you so much. Well, thanks for having me. I
0: really appreciate it.
1: Absolutely. All right, gosh, this this we learn so much here on Wellness for Life, don't we? Such great, valuable information. Do share it with your loved ones. I know it can change their life for the better. And please subscribe if you haven't already so we can continue to do our very best here on Wellness for Life. If you need help in digging deeper with your health issues, I work with people globally through phone and Skype consultations. My contact info is available on my drsuzanne.com website. Until next time, go out there and live your best life today, full of energy, enthusiasm, and ultimate health and wellness. This is Dr. Suzanne sharing natural strategies on on the Wellness for Life show right here on Radio MD. Stay well.